Hello, welcome to Prince Track by Track. My name is Darren, and today we're going to be talking about another lover holding your head from Parade. Uh, it was recorded on the 16th of December 1985 at Sunset Sound and released on the 31st of March 1986. Um, on the track, you have Prince, uh, along with Wendy and Lisa, Bobby Z, Brown Mark, Dr. Fink, and Susanna doing backing vocals. Um, on the extended version of the song, you also have uh, Eric Leeds and Atlanta Bliss. So that's the kind of the extended um, version of the uh, the revolution shortly before Prince um, started firing people. Um, and also we have Claire Fisher um, who did some strings, but there's only a small part of it that you can really hear on the song. Uh, it's not like it's completely uh, covered in strings like some of the other songs on this album. The track is 3 minutes 58, though there was a 3 minutes 23 single edit um, and the 7.52 extended edit. The single was released on the 2nd of July 1986 uh, on 7-inch and 30th of July 1986 on 12-inch. Um, on the 20th of October 1986, it got a UK release. Uh, the singles in the UK were slightly mixed up because Girls and Boys was released with Another Lover Holding Your Head as a B-side and... There were a couple of little kind of changes, um, you know, but from this point out, I think most of Prince's singles kind of match up uh, around the world. Uh, of course, the next single that we would hear after this would be Sign of the Times. Um, so, you know, that this is kind of the last little gasp of um, Warner Brothers trying to make some money desperately back uh, from, you know, the experiment that was Under the Cherry Moon. <laughs> um, so, uh, joining me to talk about this track is Max from the podcast Movies of the Meek. Hello, Max. Hello, thank you for having me. And um, before we get into the discussion of this track, I just wanted to ask you, um, you know, if you can remember how you became a Prince fan, uh, you know, like if there was a song or, um, you know, a person who got you into Prince, um, you know, and kind of, you know, what was your first kind of uh, Prince album? Where, where in this kind of ever-extending timeline of Prince albums, uh, did you become a fan of the artist? Uh, I grew up with my mom listening to Prince a lot. And so basically, you know, younger, I was being raised on like Purple Rain. And then I listened to a whole bunch of his stuff in the 90s just because my mom had it on constant rotation. Um, and then just as I got older and started playing music myself, I just got more and more into his guitar playing and, you know, saw him on the 2010 tour. Um, and yeah, just, uh, as time went on, just, he became more and more my favorite musician and finding weird recordings that he did and, you know, uh, practice tapes and stuff like that just got more and more enamored with him. Okay, well then, let's uh, let's talk about the song. Obviously, uh, the title of it is a little bit of a shout-out to um, some of the, the kind of 70, uh, 70s kind of funk songs, um, you know, which used to have, like, kind of mashed-up kind of titles where all the words were kind of squashed into one, um, you know, this is oddly enough. This is something that Prince would do later in his career, anyway. Where he he seemed to, um, <laughs> as well as you know, using the number two and the number four and the letter U. Um, at a certain point in the in the two thousands, he just stopped using spaces <laughs> in any of his titles, and they just all became one long word. And uh, and this is kind of, of of this thing. But I think um, like kind of the most well known example of that would be um, "Thanks for letting me be myself again," yeah. <laughs> which is you know kind of is not is not completely spelled the way you would think it is. Um, it's kind of like a phonetic title. Um, so the title kind of calls back to that type of thing. 
Um, you know, and it's kind of, um, I, I don't know if I would say it's a funk song, though. I think the title kind of, you know, is a reference to that. Yeah. Um, mm. But but the, the, the song itself is kind of, um, uh, you know, is, is kind of, uh, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to say it's a love song, because I don't think the lyrics kind of fit that, and it doesn't really feel like a ballad. I mean, I don't know, I'm struggling here, Max. What what would you think? I, I, I do think that it is it is a funk song, and definitely I'll, I'll say the, the music video, that arrangement is a lot more like more stay in the time, whereas the the traditional arrangement for the recording it does some weird things with like the bass harmonizing with the vocals um and so it's kind of still a funk song but yeah it 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 kind of strays away from it and has some weird like kind of r&b tendencies you know it's in a minor key you know and obviously you know it has this kind of chord sequence when we when prince comes in with the lyrics you know he it kind of has that term uh, you know, the kind of um, similar to, you know, tambourine and life can be so nice where Prince is kind of just saying the words very quickly. So he has this, I gave my love, I gave my life, I gave my body and mind. And then, you know, we were inseparable. I guess I gave you all of my time. Like it's very, there's a lot of words kind of getting out in a short period of time, um, you know, and the kind of the, the you know, obviously the theme of, of someone giving giving himself completely and, you know, being inseparable from his lover. Um, and <laughs> he says, now you plead insanity and you don't even know the score. Why can't you learn to play the game? Baby, You don't you know you need more? And obviously, you know, the backing vocals are more, more, more yeah. there. Um, you know, which maybe maybe a little shout out to the uh, the Andrea True connection there, but I doubt it. But uh, I can't imagine Prince listening to the Andrea True connection. But it feels a little bit kind of maybe just a little shout out. It's also weird this song in you know as a part of the soundtrack. Uh, in the film, it doesn't make narrative sense that much it doesn't really seem to no. connect to anything <laughs> no. because if you if you pay attention to all the lyrics you know like we were brothers and sisters united in love you know now all of a sudden you know you're trying to fight it you know um and and it's that's not really what she's doing that much and it's also the movie I watched for the first time last night, and it reminded me a lot of, uh, like, it, it was the equivalent of if someone tried to write Casablanca without having ever seen Casablanca, and they <laughs> they just assumed that that's what it would be like, and then Prince read the script, and he'd never seen Casablanca, and went, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and, and so the, the, the big climax, the airport scene, this song is playing. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, because <laughs> Prince is like, um... He's driving his car, uh, which I should note has the license plate love. Um, he, he's driving his car um, from Mary's house to catch her at the, at the, at the airport before she flies away um, on a private jet. And, <laughs> and he kind of like drives through these gates and he kind of like kisses a crucifix and then like crosses himself as he goes to smash through these Ugh. gates that are so obviously gimmick that they just fly apart. Yeah like at the slightest touch and as he's driving through the gates it's clear that prince is driving the car yeah uh, you know he did his own stunt but he knows that these gates are just going to crumble so there's no there's, he doesn't flinch or anything he's just completely still driving the car yeah. as he goes through the gates and then kind of you know skids onto the runway to try and get out and yeah there's like about a minute of the song um you know in the film yeah. 
Um, and it and it does not make any sense, you know. And particularly when you say, you know, like when you've got the line where he goes, uh, you say you've had enough. And obviously Wendy and Lisa go, you say you've had enough? Like right after him. And, you know, even though we had big fun, you want another someone. And, you know, there's an echo of another someone. And it's like, well, she, I mean, in the film, none of that is true. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not what she's doing, you know. Um, you know, and then there's even a thing where, you know, he, he says, baby, I tell you down on my knee, which probably, I mean, I love the delivery of that line. Prince sings it so fantastically, yeah. but he's not down on his knee. No. You know, there is no, like it's none of this. None of the lyrics really make sense. You know, they they seem to talk about people who were kind of inseparable and you know who are getting back together. And you know, the chorus, which takes a while to get there, and I don't think it even plays in the film. Like you get, you literally get it just as he arrives at the airport, and and you know, like. Uh, just onto the runway and it just fades out before it actually does anything you know obviously is you need another lover like you need a hole in your head um you know and of course prince saying you know there ain't no other that can do the duty in your bed which you know once again a, a little bit of kind of prince bragging yeah. <laughs> um you know it's it's been a while since there's been a song where prince has, has kind of bragged about anything so um but yeah and then you know it, 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 that's just kind of the rest of the song then he's just kind of like you know the repetition of the chorus. You need another like you need a hole, a hole, a hole, a hole. Um, you know, there's just variations on the chorus for the rest of the song, and it finishes with Prince saying, "Of course, you know, there's going to be a riot if you don't clap your hands, if you don't make a funky sound, everybody." <laughs> and then it, you know, the, the repetition of you, you know, there ain't no other. It's almost like the kind of um, uh, like heads, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, where you miss out words as you go into the song. Yeah. So you'll point to a body part and you won't say heads, shoulders, knees and toes. You'll just say shoulders, knees and toes. And it's like that is where you've got, you know, the kind of... It's almost like someone is singing, you need another lover. And then you know there ain't no other. But the first part is missing. So you just kind of get these responses as the song is like fading out. Um, and, you know, again, I mean, I like the title because obviously, you know, it's it's fun. You know, the fact that he's kind of rearranged the words and mashed them all up. Um, but yeah, it, it has absolutely no bearing on what's going on in the film. Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, in, you know, in the song, the character is is, is saying to this ex lover, um, you know, we were once inseparable, and I'm the one who can satisfy you in the bed, and you know, um, so we need to get back together, and I'm down on my knees. You know, that, that, that's that's the that's the entire kind of song. Yeah. Um, you know, and. You don't need another lover, basically, because they're not going to be able to satisfy you. It, you know, it is I, Prince. I am the one who will satisfy you. So, um, you know, which is is a common theme of a lot more earlier Prince songs. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of Prince songs off, like the, you know, um, the first two albums and, and some of the other albums in the early eighties, where this is the kind of stuff he would constantly be saying to people. You know, like if they split up with him, he'd be like, "Well, you know, no one else is going to satisfy you sexually, so you should really be with me." Yeah. Um, but it has absolutely no bearing on the film. You're right. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> um, you know, and, the, the you know, the video uh, was filmed on Prince's 28th birthday. So, um, you know, if you watch if you watch the official video, which you can do now because, um, you know, Warner Brothers have a Prince YouTube channel, um, you know, then what you're looking at there is a 28 a year old Prince, um, you know, in the middle of, um, of filming uh, Under the Cherry Moon. Um, oh no! Actually, I lie. He'd filmed under the cherry moon. This was this was you know uh, just as um, Paisley Park had been constructed around that time, okay. uh, kind of in the middle of nineteen eighty six. I don't, I mean, I, I, it's odd because there's so many songs on Parade that you know are really good songs, and if the film Under the Cherry Moon didn't exist, 
then I, I don't know that you would need a film for this to be on the soundtrack <laughs> of. Like, it just doesn't, you know, like the album itself stands so far apart from the film um, that it, you, you kind of think to yourself, well, it doesn't, like, why is why is there a film that goes with this? Why is this the album that accompanies this film? Yeah. You know, Prince, Prince could have just as- assembled tracks from, you know, any random acts that he happened to be recording stuff for, you know, like he could have had like a couple of family tracks on there and, you know, um, some Madhouse tracks or whatever. Like he could have put so many other things on as the soundtrack and it wouldn't have made any bearing on on the film. It wouldn't have changed anything, no. um, you know, and Parade is is such a kind of odd album anyway, um, you know, that, that has a, so many kind of songs that are just piecemeal and kind of merge into each other. Um it, like this is, you know, this is a fully formed song. This is, it's kind of an oddity on, on the album. Yeah. Um, you know, even even though it opens with that kind of like um, the kind of moaning and the the um, I don't know, it sounds a little bit like the kind of um, I don't know, like a flute or something. Um, oh. You know what I'm talking about? That kind of tone at the beginning. Yeah, the the synth in uh, the beginning. Yeah. Kind of has like an artificial like woodwind sound, doesn't it? To uh, to open it yeah um, it, you know it, it's it's really cool and and that's like you know he's he started definitely leaning more towards that in like the 90s where it's kind of take one instrument and like have a bunch of effects on it and make it sound like another one um it, it, yeah. it definitely has like some really interesting qualities to it you know this is one of the kind of the final full you know songs with the full revolution on on the on on it um you know there are a couple that are on some of the times that, that still kind of have a, a lot of um a lot of the the revolution on as far as like this album i'm trying to remember who's on sometimes it snows in april and i i think it's just prince and wendy and lisa um so you know for for you know fans of uh you know bobby z and brown mark and, and whoever this is kind of like the final song um, that has this kind of iteration of the revolution that people would have known from Purple Rain. Yeah. The thing is, as well, as a single, it didn't even really perform that well. It got to number 63 on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, you know, it was it was number 18 on the, the Hot Black singles. Um, and, you know, it managed to get to number 21 on the Hot Dance slash Disco Club Play. Okay. Um, you know, uh, I, I like how in, from, from the start of Prince's career to now... The kind of the disco chart has basically been uh, absorbed from being a, a top one hundred to being a top eighty to now being part of the dance chart because uh, disco is no longer relevant <laughs> in nineteen eighty six. But yeah, and you know it it managed to get to number fifteen in Ireland unusually, but it only got to number thirty six over here. But you know that wasn't until you know the November of of nineteen eighty six. So okay, uh, yeah. you know we were on, we were only like you know four months away from Sign of the Times coming out, so we were you know we were really at the very end of um, you know parade. Uh, and you know, as with at this particular point, it's worth remembering. In nineteen eighty six, Prince had you know Paisley Park, and he was recording around the clock for what you know was originally going to be called Crystal Ball, and you know what was also going to be Dream Factory, and then Camille, and then eventually became Sign of the Times. So um, you know, by the time this this single is released and this album you know is finally kind of done with. Prince was recording so much stuff. Paisley Park really kind of let him just become the musician he wanted to be, which is, you know, someone who was basically never out of the studio yeah. for the next kind of like 30 years. Uh, I would say out of five, I, I would give this a four. And I, I can only say that because uh, it's not a five simply because 
I think I don't know. For me, it, it, although it's a, you know an enjoyable enough song, it does feel like Prince kind of didn't have any real idea of what the song was meant to be about, and the fact that it's completely irrelevant to Under the Cherry Moon. <laughs> like I feel like he could have tried a little bit. He could have done something that kind of you know it's it's a sad day when you know the songs on Batman have kind of more narrative relevance. <laughs> Uh, than than anything on an album that was you know for a film he directed yeah. you know like you know so I can't I can't go as far as five out of five I think Parade really for me only has one five out of five track um, you know and that was its biggest single and that was a number one yeah. so um, I think everything else is kind of in the shadow of that on this album I was leaning in between three and four I guess, I guess I would go a little closer to three um, j- just the the actual recording of it i think is is a lot more uh it, it seems a little more out of place just because you know it, you listen to the recording and it's so it's really vocal heavy the the bass lines that are harmonizing with it it, it does some interesting things but it, it doesn't seem like its own complete song and then the single edit uh not the single the the extended edit is even more jarring and long and strange and there's that weird dissonant chord section that comes in on on the piano and it's kind of just making it (laughs) it's taking the things that are weird about it and making it even weirder um whereas that live version from his 28th birthday is absolutely incredible you know they 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 elevated that song so much for the live performance. I think I think this is the thing with some Prince songs around this time. You know, some of the stuff off uh, Around the World in a Day and Parade, um, sometimes they seem to be kind of half-written, and then when Prince gets to perform them live, you feel like he actually gets to fully execute the idea of what the song was meant to be. Yeah. Um, and kind of with a band kind of helping him out and kind of fully realizing it some of the songs particularly some of the songs he wrote you know by himself kind of become alive a bit more um you know and kind of get an extra star and you're right you know like the live version of this does feel a bit more you know like this this particularly the kind of the the parts where he's you know he's he's dropping half of the the, the chorus and just going you know there ain't no other and then you know kind of leaving another gap and then saying you know that that kind of stuff when it's when it's with the crowd they'll fill in the gaps. Yeah, the calls and response. Yeah, so it so it kind of it kind of comes alive a bit, um, but you know, kind of on the record, it sounds you know it's it's a, it's a it's a you know enjoyable enough song, but it doesn't feel like Prince has fully kind of got a grasp on what the idea was, um, you know, and then it it takes a live crowd for him to kind of rearrange it a little bit and kind of get it so it's actually the song that he wanted yeah i should say that in the film it appears like about an hour and 13 minutes in bear in mind that this is kind of very close to the climax of the film and yet the film still goes like another 17 minutes (laughs) after this so so, uh, saying that though the last like six minutes of that is just mountains um you know playing over the end credits uh while prince and the band are in heaven i i just love bit the fact that the last line he says before the song starts is tell him it's chinese (laughs) And, and it's such a, it's such a, I don't know. I just that just made me laugh. I was like, <laughs> it's just like just silly little thing that he, that Prince says. But uh, yeah, um, I will say him yeah. running anywhere is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, especially because he always has like a, a like a full length coat on, like, and he's in and he's always in high heels. I, uh, yeah, he's and he's always you know impeccably styled. Like I will say one thing about this: the costume design in that film is exquisite. Oh yeah, you know everything is is beautiful. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah him running with this kind of like really heavy wool white coat 
in high heels. It always just looks really funny. Yeah. Um, you know, he's because I know. Yeah, he gives. He says, "Tell him it's Chinese," and then he like runs away <laughs> from the house, and it's just like. I don't know what you're doing there, Prince. I can see why they've put him in the car for a lot of the film. Um, you know, because sitting behind the wheel, he at least kind of looks relatively dignified. Yeah. But yeah, so Under the Chain Moon, not good. No. Um, and, and, although, and also... I, although, you know, at this point, I've said that like 11 times. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like people people know my opinion on this film. Harsh but fair. <laughs> um, after uh, he, he picks her up at the airport... And then he he just takes her in the car and they just start driving and they're basically driving aimlessly and he's just staring at her and the song actually comes <laughs> back in while he's staring at her and yeah and she she's just asking him you know what he's doing and he and he's just talking to her about how he's thinking about what he's doing and she she just goes you know I gave you a picture and he's like well you know I just want to see you even a little bit more it, it, it's it's so bizarre. And then, yeah, and then Kiss comes in, which, yeah. which not only, I mean, it's the opposite placement that it is on the album, but it's also structurally, it's, it's kind of better. I don't know. But also, Kiss is kind of just one part played over and over again. And then, of course, there are people in the alley, like, cheering him on as they, as they get it, as they get it on. I forgot about uh, yeah. that. It's, it's an odd, it's an odd film. <laughs> Um, so I feel like I feel like we've said as much about this song as we possibly can. So uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Mac? I would say just check out Movies of the Meek. We're on Twitter. We're on iTunes. We're everywhere. You can just Google it. Yeah, that's the only thing I've got going on. <laughs> and you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track, or you can follow us on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you could email us. I don't know why you would at princetrackbytrack at gmail.com thanks for being my guest here Max oh thank you very much for having me and otherwise goodbye goodbye life was never ending but all good things they say never last love isn't love until it's past